At first, they may be invisible to your homeschool network, but there are lots of moms with babies and toddlers out there looking for support and friendship for themselves and for their children. Some of them are discerning whether to stay at home long term, and still others are considering homeschooling. But what can they do while their children are too young for the local homeschool co-op or the full-day programs available to little ones? Today, we're talking with Anne-Marie Miller, a young mother at the very beginning of her homeschooling journey. We'll be brainstorming ideas for building a network when your children are small. Stay tuned throughout for ways that you can encourage and inspire Anne-Marie and other moms like her, or reach out and commiserate. We're going to provide her blog address so that you guys can enter into a conversation with Anne-Marie. Welcome to Homeschooling Saints, the podcast that helps you create the homeschool you love for the people you love. Our host is Lisa Maladnik, a Catholic life coach, TV host, best-selling author, and an instructor at Homeschool Connections. All right, I'm Lisa Maladnik. I'm your host, and I'm really excited to talk with Anne-Marie Miller today. She's a wife and mom of two little boys, a graduate of Franciscan University with a degree in English and theology. Her writing has been featured on Verily, which is a wonderful uh, Catholic-founded fashion magazine online, check it out, and CatholicMom.com. She spends her days as a stay-at-home mom digging in the red dirt of Oklahoma and blogging at Sacrifice of Love, where she talks about literature, Catholicism, and the epic adventures of daily life. Welcome, Anne-Marie. Thank you so much for making time while your babies are asleep. Everybody be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. It really is such a joy and pleasure um, to talk with you today. Oh, yeah. I think it's a really important topic because you and I were chatting the other day and we realized this is so rich and there are so many possibilities and there are an awful lot of women in your exact situation. How would you describe your situation right now? Right now, I would describe my situation as somebody who really has a heart for homeschooling, would love to homeschool my kids, but my oldest is only three. He and my one-year-old still take naps every single day. And so we've been experiencing a challenge of finding where we fit in for beginning the homeschooling journey um, when a lot of homeschooling really isn't catered specifically to first timers with our ages. Exactly right. So many people have already formed their own programs and things for kids at their season of life. And so when you're entering in and trying to find and connect with the people that are at your season, boy, that can be a real challenge, isn't it? It really can be a challenge. Um, And I've noticed how so many women um, and men out there too who are stay-at-home nads, they're just so lonely. They're hiding behind their computer screens, their phone screens. They want things to change, but they don't know how to change them. And we all just need to build a community and find some good ways to connect um, and to help form our children into the people that they are called to be. Amen. And and you mentioned uh, computer screens. I mean, it, it's really a tough kind of a social problem these days, isn't it? That you might be out and about and among people at your stage of life, but some of them are, they've got their eyes glued to their phones, frankly, not, and maybe not even watching their, their child take their first step, I feel like. Is that, is that, has that been, been a hindrance for you at all, the, the screen addiction? I definitely have noticed it at different events that we go to at our library. 
there are so many wonderful people who bring their toddlers to library events, and I've gotten to be very close with some of them. And others, I will try to engage in conversation or try to connect with them, but it's really hard when they're literally glued behind their phone. They're either you know, texting somebody or they're even just taking video of their child or pictures of their child, but they're not paying attention to anyone else in the room. They're just in their own little bubble, uh, which makes it very, very difficult to build community with them. It's interesting because young people today are so amazing at building communities online. Um, They're able to accumulate contacts through Instagram and texting and all sorts of things. Uh, Kind of abandoned Facebook, but but that face-to-face networking is not as natural, not as natural. So it is definitely a loss. as you're dis- discerning your homeschooling, I know that you've, you've run up against challenges other than just what's out there in society. Tell us just a little bit about what the homeschooling network is like in your area. So I live in Oklahoma, and the state of Oklahoma, from my understanding, is one of the only states that has a state constitution provision that get, like, allows the right to homeschool your children. Wow. Um, constitution. And so... Homeschooling is really, really huge there. The state is very, very flexible and understanding, which means that there are lots of homeschoolers, lots of homeschooling resources. But the problem that I've been running into that I wasn't really expecting was that so many of the wonderful, beautiful resources and co-ops and groups are all geared towards people who have, quote, school-age children children who are maybe six, seven years old and older, and those wonderful groups and co-ops and programs sometimes will have accommodations for two-year-olds and three-year-olds, but they're not really intended for people who exclusively have children in the younger age bracket. Right. So it's more or less a babysitting service of some sort, just kind of a catch-all for the moms who have multiple levels of, uh, of kids in the program. Yeah, it makes sense. But so they're not necessarily, they're not really suited to capture that population of young moms just starting out. Yes, exactly. There is one particular group, absolutely fantastic. I've heard so, so many good things about it. And I reached out to them to see if it would be a possibility for us in this school year. And when I explained our situation and my kids' ages, knowing that this program operates as a full day program, um, they basically told me that it probably wouldn't be a good fit for my kids right now. And at first I was really sad and a little upset because so many people I know are going to this program and it sounds amazing. Um, But then I did start to see the wisdom and it would be really, really challenging for us to try to force my children into something that's not really geared towards people their ages. I know that when we talked earlier, Anne-Marie, you said something that I thought was very wise. You said that you wanted to figure out what God does want for you and how to build community that's that's there that, that that God has given you you know like what's what he's already provided instead of just being grumpy about it right because I remember um, when you were describing your situation and describing that disappointment I flashed back to all the years it took me to get my husband on board with homeschooling and we finally pulled our daughter out after the fourth grade 
So all those years I was like in agony wanting to homeschool and I'd been touching base with our network, sometimes pulling her out of school early to be with them. And I noticed that there was this amazing Shakespeare group that was thriving. And I thought, oh, my creative little girl is going to plug right into that Shakespeare group. But when we finally started homeschooling, I found out that those few moms who had nurtured that little group into the beautiful, accomplished group that it was, started off with just a few little kids, and that their families had expanded tremendously as the homeschool network grew, and they had added a few families, but they were at the point where they didn't even have enough roles for their own kids. And so I and a lot of other families went, oh, no, we so wanted to do that. And the, 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 you know, some people chose just to be miserable about it. But fortunately, a couple of my friends decided to start groups of their own. And so they started building out their, they started to create something instead of, you know, spending all the rest of their homeschooling journey grieving or resenting the fact that there simply wasn't room that those moms couldn't do everything for everybody. Absolutely. I completely understand what you're saying in some extent, because that is what I have been going through the past several months. At first, I was just really grumpy and, you know, oh, boo-hoo, I'm missing out on this beautiful opportunity here, this beautiful opportunity there. Thinking about how I'm missing out, you know, FOMO is a really big topic right now. That was (laughs) I can, had a complete case of FOMO. Which is fear of missing out for those yes. of you in my generation. <laughs> and, you know, I made the mistake of occasionally looking at Facebook and seeing pictures from different events and say, oh, wow, that is so beautiful. If only my children and myself could be a part of whatever this experience is or that experience is. And we can do this with everything, not just homeschooling too. And I really thought back to how um, I have been learning in the past couple of years that it is good and beautiful to plug into good communities that you see, but it's also really good to hold yourself back. And instead of wishing that you were over there with that great community, to just open your eyes to the people around you, to look at the neighbors down the street, to look at the people you run into at the library and see. Um, that there are so many individuals God has placed in our lives and ask, how can we build community with these people that God has already put there in my life? Some of whom may be wanting to pursue homeschooling like myself, some of whom may be far out of homeschooling, but can still offer so many things to us and to my children. And not only how can we build community, but how can we give community in a way? How can we give ourselves to others? Um, How can we sacrifice so that we're not just wanting to join a great community and kind of reap the benefits, but how can we actively um, find ways to give and to nurture these different relationships and opportunities? Yeah, and what a great influence on your children, that mom's not sitting at home helplessly watching the world go by, but kind of, you know, dealing and looking around and, and asking God for help and discernment. And, and I love that the name of your blog is Sacrifice of Love, of making the sacrifice of self to set aside what might have been or, or what you thought should have been and being willing to cooperate with God in creating something. 
Thank you. It's definitely something that I still do struggle with quite a bit. I'm trying to get better. You know, that's what our life here on earth is for, continually working on perfecting our sacrificial way of life to prepare us for heaven. Um, Because there are still moments where I just throw myself a little pity party and (laughs) eat chocolate as I sit and stare at the computer screen when my kids are asleep. Um. (laughs) Oh boy, does that sound like me. Um, Okay, so what are some of the opportunities that are around you at this point, that kind of opportunities within the community that you were talking about before um, when we talked previously that are available to you now that look like there might be a place to sort of dig in and begin? Um, One opportunity that recently, just within the past few months, I really heard about is um, an organization geared towards moms, just very, very ambiguously, whoever wants to homeschool and have support as a mom, show up a couple times a month and bring your kids and we'll do something, play, have a nature day, what have you, which sounds really great. And so as the months roll by, Um, I really want to start getting connected with them and kind of plug in and see, is this a place where I can really connect with the people and kind of build a community that would be good for my children? Um, And there are different opportunities um, that some of my friends have been partaking in. Um, They'll send their kids to maybe a partial day school um, or to, you know, a full day Mother's Day out Christian school type thing. And then there are, you know, some wonderful Catholic co-ops that, as I said before, aren't really geared towards kids my ages. So I've really been plugging into our local library quite a bit, to be honest. I've kind of been looking around and seeing what programs are offered at our library. How can we go to those, build up community? We've gotten to know a lot of our librarians really well. We've gotten to make some great friends through our library, one of whom just began homeschooling her children. And so I'm very excited about the upcoming months getting more involved with her if I can, even though one of her kids is older, she has one in kind of my age bracket. Ah, So I've just been feeling around for those different opportunities. And I know that there's a local nature center that offers story times for children. So I've been planning once our schedule kind of hits a nice fall time rhythm to start going to those and see if I can invite other people to those and just put out open invitations and say, you know, on this day, we're going to this place, we're going to walk, and then we're going to do the activity and we're going to bring a lunch and see who comes and see if over time certain people kind of gravitate more towards these little, very casual, but still, you know, school type activities, uh, if we can develop more of a regular community. Wonderful ideas. And would you um, be willing to like when we follow up to this on on the blog on your blog on sacrifice of love, by the way, the URL on that is Marion Ninja dot blogspot.com but if you just search sacrifice of love blog you will find it um, maybe you can follow up with the name of that general organization that supports homeschoolers and just in case there's someone in your area um, and also with um, you know the nature center if you wouldn't mind just creating a post uh, that we'll we'll put and, and ask you to time it for when this podcast 
airs so that people listening can pop in, especially if they're in your area or know somebody in your area that might be in the same boat and say, listen, I just got, got a hot lead on some contacts here for you. That is a fantastic idea. I would love to do that. You know, it amazes me how many people I meet, even just recently at the library, someone who just mentioned, hey, I'm thinking of homeschooling. Talk to me about your homeschooling plans. So it's incredible to me how there are just people out there. And I've noticed um, it especially seems to be people who don't necessarily have a church community. So maybe they're a fallen away Catholic or they're a Protestant Christian. And so they don't really have that active church community where there are homeschooling families um, to, you know, kind of talk with about these things. Those are especially the individuals who have come up to me, approached me, um, not even just women, but men too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were talking about, um, uh, why don't we just go ahead and touch on it. You had a, just a slight conundrum around inviting the dad, the lone dad. He's a married person, you're a married person, but I thought you had a lot of wisdom around this. Uh, why don't you tell the audience what you sort of came to about, you know, maybe a way to include him and rather than isolating him further. <laughs> Poor lonely fellow. <laughs> I know. I have really noticed um, stay-at-home dads seem to be, you know, more prominent today than they were when I was a child, which is beautiful. There are so many families where the mom wants to stay at home and she does, but so many families where they just have discerned that the mom's going to work and the dad's going to stay at home. And I've met some wonderful stay-at-home dads um, who bring their kids to programs at the library or to the park. And a couple of them have mentioned wanting to homeschool, but I have always faced the conundrum of, well, what do I do? I really want to help them and support them, but I can't just say, oh, hey, come over to my house and we'll have a homeschooling day Um, because as great as they are, you know, us being married to different people, (laughs) it is a little weird. Yeah, awkward. And um, (laughs) I do feel for them because so many of the wonderful homeschooling opportunities, like the big organization here, are geared specifically towards moms. And they are branded very much towards moms with all of this very, very feminine merchandise and mom nights and whatnot. And so I've been kind of exploring different ways that I can try to create a little bit of a homeschooling community that is accepting a welcoming to both men and women. Um, Because if I have, you know, an existing group or get together, it makes it a lot less awkward for inviting that random stay at home dad who's in the corner at the library as all the moms stand around talking to say, hey, a few of us are going to such and such park next week so that our kids can have nature school and observe nature and draw pictures. Do you guys want to come? Yeah, exactly. Creating an environment that that doesn't um, cause scandal to others, uh, that doesn't, you know, uh, make you know, just create situations when there where there's unnecessary temptation or misunderstanding. Um, you don't want to, uh, you know, outreach to somebody and then be misunderstood in terms of your intentions either. So that's really smart. Creating outdoors or out of the home uh, activities and groups where where that lone dad can be included with his children. Uh, Really nice. That's funny, as we were talking, I was realizing 
Um, we've had more than one dad very involved in our homeschool, but we have one in particular um, who stayed home, like gave up a real like career because his wife really loved hers and was the major uh, breadwinner, just a super smart guy. He's been doing a great job with his kids. And he found ways himself to offer, to teach and tutor our kids, to show up at the bigger events. Um, he really managed to navigate that well, but we do have a quite a large homeschool network, very active, and, it's, and it has activities for the kids of all ages too, so it wasn't difficult really. At least I don't think so. I probably should ask him that question, how hard was it? Um, but he was very accepted because of the way he brought himself and his children into the mix in appropriate ways. So that can be, I could see how that would be really isolating for a dad. Definitely. I've noticed women um, who are moms find it so easy to connect because we've all gone through the experience of burying these children within our wombs, or even if in the case of adoption or fostering, still the experience of just being a mom. Being a mom is very different from being a dad. So we can bond over being a mom when there's an awkward pause or an awkward introduction. You can always break the ice by talking about motherhood <laughs> and talking about your kids. But men haven't had that same experience. And so how can we find ways to incorporate them into the homeschooling community? And I think it's wonderful how you talk about the men in your homeschooling community bringing their unique gifts. I think that is just a wonderful, wonderful asset to have um, to help the activities and the exploration in the homeschooling environment include not just the gifts that women bring, but also the gifts that men bring. Okay, fantastic. Now, let's circle back to the things that you and other moms can do together with your kids at this time of life. And some of them, obviously, group activities, we can, you can always touch back to which ones to invite the men to. But you had some really good ideas. You, we, we were sort of going back and forth about kinds of little things that you could invite people over for or gather at a library for. What kinds of activities were you thinking are kind of uppermost in your mind? little things for boys and girls, and we can just throw out ideas for other people listening. So definitely plug into the different events that are already in your city. I am all about taking the lazy route when you can take the lazy route. So if somebody else has already planned it, and if it's not making my house a mess because my house <laughs> is already a mess, then go for it. So story times at the library, parks, you know, you can always tack something onto it. So say, we're going to go to story time at the library for our quote language arts school. And then, you know, you could go afterwards to a park and have a picnic. Um, you could even do a poetry recitation at the park with your picnic if you really want to ramp it up. Um, and there have also been times in the past where one of my friends and I have gotten together with our kids to do a baking day. Now, baking days are hard with a whole big group of people, but if you have just a few different people, um, you can just get together at somebody's house and go through the whole process of measuring ingredients with your kids and mixing them, kind of introducing them to the process of baking, which involves so much science and math and is homeschooling at its core. Yeah. Uh, that's another great thing that we can do. That's really fun. And you had mentioned, uh, I think we talked about Legos, you know, like bo boys tend to really like Legos. I think you mentioned a, maybe a Christian group where they had nice little teas for the girls and Legos for the boys, something like that. Yes, yes. One of the local churches here every single spring has a tea where the girls go in one room for their fancy tea and the boys go in another room for their Legos. And <laughs> 
just do it as a church community, but there's no reason why people who homeschool can't do that too. Just, you know, set it up at somebody's house or just go to your church hall and Legos in one room, tea in the other. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're, you, anytime there's Legos involved, you're going to get boys really uh, well occupied for long periods. And of course, lots of girls too. You know, you may, you may get some crossover there. Um, yeah. So um, times and places to have conversations with other moms. Uh, what about, um, are there ways that you can invite some of those veteran moms who are already well established and involved in the co-op and all of that? Is there a chance of inviting them into your home? Say you had a few of, few other young moms in your season. Would it be possible to bring in one or two moms, almost like a little panel, like a Q&A, and just say, hey, we could use some mentoring. We'd love to invite you over for tea and cookies and, uh, or maybe in the evening, maybe a glass of wine, and just have the moms come and, and have like a mother's evening or a mother's afternoon where they could ask questions. I think that is a really wonderful idea, Lisa. That is definitely something that I want to pursue once we get into a nice little rhythm and some of my veteran homeschooling moms maybe aren't quite so busy um, because I would love to do that kind of thing. Because what typically happens is I'll run into people after church where everyone's kids are crazy and all over the place or after children's adoration where everyone's kids are crazy and all over the place. (laughs) And that's kind of when I'll fire away questions or, you know, ask them things, ask them about their homeschooling experience, and they can give me good answers, but it's just very scattered and spontaneous, and all of us have one eye on each other and one eye on our kids anyway, so it makes it kind of hard to have a fruitful conversation with tangible results that we can follow through on, I think. Yeah, in our network, we have a wonderful mom who has frequently opened her home to panel discussions or inviting one of the moms to be a speaker because she happens to be known for a particular strength. And, uh, and that's really been a magnet for us, not only to learn, but just to see each other, just to break the routine and come and be together as women and to learn. That's really wonderful. Anything that you can do to continually build that community, I think, is just fantastic. Yeah, I agree. And I'm sure there's going to be lots of information and suggestions and ideas, and even um, probably some commiserators that will touch base on your blog, I hope. Maybe just kind of give each other support, some prayer support, and and throw out some further thoughts on this. Anyway, I just want to let everyone know, again, Sacrifice of Love is the name of the blog where you can reach Anne-Marie Miller, young mom at the beginning of her homeschooling journey, and start to either throw out ideas to her, invitations if you live close by, um, and, and, and let her know, too, if you're going through something similar, what your thoughts are on that. Pray for each other. Do stop by the blog. We are going to circle back with Anne-Marie at some point later in the school year. And we're going to do a follow-up because she has great ideas and she's working hard and she's picking up her cross and reaching out to people that maybe are not always easy to reach out to and seeking to build community from what's already happening in her community, but then also looking to once there's some kind of a rhythm and a community starting to build, maybe then starting to create uh, some new opportunities for those people to grow together until they can start to feed into the existing systems. Uh, so please do, in a sense, stay tuned. We're going to talk to Anne-Marie again. Uh, Anne-Marie, do you have any closing thoughts or anything else that you'd just like to add um, for our listeners at this point? 
as I think about this, I've really been thinking that a lot of my heart's desire, and I think what a lot of other people who I've been finding here and there are desiring, is to just move beyond the play date. So I encourage everyone to just go beyond the play date, because right now when you have toddlers and preschoolers, people just create play dates all the time, and that's the only way that they know how to try to create community, but for those of us who have a three-year-old who's been talking about going to school and wants to go to school, we really need something more than just let's go to their house for an hour and play with the toys. So I just encourage people to feel empowered, um, to be assertive, go out there and get to know people and invite them. You never know who's been sitting around, lurking in the corners, waiting for a personal invitation from you. Amen and amen. God will use that and to, to help you to bless others. And what a great example for your children um, so that they can build communities all their lives, to be lifelong learners, to be community builders. And we thank you so much, Anne-Marie, for coming and just having this little brainstorming session and sharing about your personal journey. We really appreciate it. Thanks again. Oh, thank you so much, Lisa. This has been such a joy, and I am so excited to see what God is going to do. Mm, yeah, me too. And for those of you listening, uh, stay with us for a few minutes. We have our three-minute feature coming right up. Hi, I'm AJ Catapan. Welcome to Books and Blessings, a place where I get to share with you some of my favorite books for Catholic teens and tweens. Today, I'd like to introduce you to Playing by Heart, an award-winning young adult novel from Catholic author Carmela Martino. Playing by Heart is a historical novel based on the lives of two real-life Italian sisters who lived in Milan in the 18th century. The Agnassi sisters were extremely talented young women. One was gifted in mathematics, while the other was gifted with musical talent. In fact, she went on to become the first Italian woman to compose a full-length opera. Carmela Martino's young adult novel, Playing by Heart, is based loosely on these two sisters. The novel is written from the perspective of the younger sister, Emilia. As the second sister in the family, Emilia is expected to forego her musical aspirations for a life in the convent, while her older sister, Maria, is expected to marry well in order to raise the family's social status, a goal that her father has made a top priority. He wants to be known as one of the elites in Italian society. Both Emilia and Maria try to be dutiful daughters, but each of them wants the opposite of what their father expects. Maria feels God calling her to become a religious sister so that she can serve the poor. And Emilia dreams of marrying a man who loves music as much as she does. Emilia's only hope is to prove to her father that her musical talents are crucial to his quest for nobility. First, though, she must win over her music tutor, who disdains her simply for being a girl. When she finally composes a heart-rending sonata that causes the maestro to recognize her talent, he introduces her to his great-nephew, a handsome violinist named Antonio. I love the authentic historical Italian details woven into the story. Even more so, I love how Carmela Martino depicts these young women as brave, prayerful, and respectful. They want to please their father, but they aren't afraid to work their hardest to prove that God may have different plans than their father envisioned for them. Playing by Heart by Carmela Martino has won many awards, including the Catholic Arts and Letters Award and the Moonbeam Award for Gold Medal and is recommended for ages 12 and up. To see more book suggestions, visit my website at ajcatapan.com. There you can also learn about my own books for young readers. 
For your mystery fan, check out Seven Riddles to Nowhere, a middle grade novel about a seventh grader trying to solve a riddle contest that leads him through the churches of Chicago. For your older teen, check out my YA novel, Angelhood, which covers the tough topic of teen suicide and has been called the teen version of It's a Wonderful Life. Thanks for joining me on Books and Blessings. Be sure to find me online on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or on my website, ajcatapan.com. Until next time, happy reading. And that's our show for today. Our program is sponsored by homeschoolconnections.com. Be sure to subscribe to Homeschooling Saints and leave us an honest review. God bless you, and thank you for joining us.